This episode of the Biting Truth podcast is brought to you by IGA Supermarkets, where the locals matter. Hello and welcome to the Biting Truth podcast. This is a weekly podcast that aims to cut through all the confusion and misinformation in the nutrition space to give you up-to-date, cutting-edge nutrition advice. I'm Anna and with me is Alex and we are the dietitians and co-founders of The Biting Truth. In this episode, we're talking all things weight loss because let's be honest, there are so many different approaches and it can be very confusing. The truth is there are multiple ways to lose weight. So before we delve into some of our top tips for weight loss, we thought we could start by talking a little bit about the difference between weight loss and fat loss. It's very common when people embark on a weight loss journey to be motivated purely by a reduction on the scales. And this is why particular diets like the low carb or no carb are really popular because they usually result in really quick weight loss. The issue here is that you're not losing body fat in the initial stages. You're just losing water stores and maybe some protein or muscle. So when we eat carbohydrates, they get stored in our muscles and liver as glycogen. And with that glycogen, we store water. So when you go on a low-carb diet, so when you cut back the carbs that you're eating, you will essentially end up depleting your glycogen stores and the water stored with it, which is what causes that rapid weight loss. So yes, you're seeing weight loss, but we're not seeing fat loss. If you start eating carbs again, your weight will bounce straight back up. So healthy weight loss is all about losing fat not protein or water. And we don't want to get too stuck on just the number because it's what we're losing that is the most important. Yes. And it's the fat loss that can be a whole lot more challenging to achieve and it does take a little bit longer. So it's really important not to get disheartened if you're not seeing a huge amount of weight loss really quickly. And we often get asked, you know, what is a healthy amount of weight loss to lose, say, on a weekly basis? And obviously, this is going to really depend from person to person. And it's also, you know, going to depend on what your starting weight was or is. But usually with our clients, we would be aiming for around half to one kilo of weight loss per week. And that's just something to essentially aim for. And so in order to achieve weight loss, let's talk about calorie tracking. What's the go with it? Yeah, and I think this is a really good place to start because I think a lot of people think that in order to lose weight, you have to count calories, but this is not necessarily true. In fact, I would say that most of our clients don't count calories. Counting calories can be really challenging when it comes to you know eating out or socially, and also can have a really big impact on a person's relationship with food and their body. But then we also have other clients that that really do love counting calories and it can work really well for them as it helps them to become, I guess, a bit more aware of where the calories are coming from in their diet. Um, But it's not necessary and it's not something that we would ever recommend someone does for a long period of time. Yeah, my sister actually, she was doing our low calorie meal plan a few weeks ago and she was telling me the other day that she found it really interesting learning about calories. Is it something she's never really considered or learned anything about? Like she was like, I had no idea what an average amount of calories you'd be looking for in a lunch or dinner is. And what she then started doing was comparing the calories in our recipes to some of the calories in some of the other cookbooks she has or also in meal delivery services because she loves those sort of meal delivery services. And she was 
shocked at how high the calories in some of those dinners were, like sometimes three or four times the amount that we kind of had in our healthy eating plan. So for her, becoming a bit more aware of calories, learning what they are, what an average amount has been really beneficial. And she feels much more, you know, informed and able to make good decisions, but she hasn't become obsessive by it. And she's not tracking everything she's eat. She's not calorie tracking everything she's eating or anything like that. But there are certainly circumstances where it can be beneficial just, and quite interesting, you know, to become aware of it. Yeah, so it's probably just important to think about you and even what your personality is like as to whether this is going to be something that works for you. But even if it's not necessarily counting calories, you know, doing something simple like just writing down what you eat or keeping a food diary for a couple of days can also be helpful to, you know, keep you more aware. So, you know, you might just write down what you eat for three days or seven days. Wouldn't recommend doing longer than that. And again, it can help with that awareness. And there's some really good apps out there. Probably one of our favorites would be MyFitnessPal. And you can easily track what you're having. So just it's like on a food diary via an app, you just enter what you're having. And I think what's really good, the biggest benefit of tracking your food intake, so we're not talking calories, but just writing down what you're having, is that you become aware of all those little things that might sneak in that you don't, you're not really aware of, and that can really add up. So it makes you much more aware of what you're consuming, um, which is which is quite beneficial. So definitely doing it for a few days can be quite eye-opening, really. Yeah, definitely. So I guess, you know, the bottom line, it's not just about the number of calories, although this can be quite important, but it's also about the quality of your diet. Yeah, exactly. And I think getting that right balance of macronutrients or macros, you may have heard them referred to as, is probably the most important thing that you can get right when it comes to effective long-term weight loss. So you guys may have heard of the healthy plate model before. I mean, if you follow us on Instagram at The Biting Truth, we often talk about the healthy plate model because it's something that we really love because it's such a great, simple visual of how you create a healthy meal at breakfast, lunch and dinner. So essentially what this healthy plate model is, is that at each meal, you ideally want to be aiming for the following ratios. You want around a quarter of the plate or meal to be protein. And you want protein for a variety of reasons, but it's really important from a weight loss perspective because it keeps you feeling full. If you don't have enough protein in your diet, you will not feel satisfied. And we have clients that say, I'm hungry all day, and it's often because they're not getting enough um, protein in their diet, particularly at breakfast. You then want around a quarter of the plate to be whole grain carbohydrates. So, you know, that's things like oats and and whole grain bread and, and pasta and potatoes and things. And we want carbs because carbs give us energy. And finally, around half of the plate you want as vegetables. Yeah. And I think for many of us, you know, eat our veggies, it's very boring advice that we all kind of know, but we do need to say it again because it's so, so important. And most of us aren't eating enough veggies. So, you know, if you're designating about half of that meal or half of the plate to be coming from vegetables, you really want to be bulking, bulking out all of your meals with non-starchy veggies, um, you know, things like anything basically, except for potato, sweet potato, corn as these sort of more fall under the carbohydrate portion so don't worry they're not bad for you they're great but they're just not vegetables even though you know it's confusing because they are vegetables but in terms of that healthy plate model the ones that Alex was speaking about those starchy carbs they come under the carbohydrate portion of the plate 
Yeah, but with the non-starchy veggies, so more like your salad veggies and your greens, your carrots, your tomatoes, really we can be enjoying these in unlimited amounts and and bulking your meals out with these can help to keep you feeling full. Um, And I think, you know, a good example of this might be if you think about a typical spaghetti bolognese meal that many of us might enjoy. We all love some spag bowl, don't we? I think it probably sits on the menu of every Australian household. (laughs) Yeah, it's on the weekly rotation. Um, But if you think about that spaghetti bolognese meal, it's typically might be like a bowl of pasta with some meat and in that meat you might have like one carrot that's grated between four people you might have you know some peas in there but really maybe some onion and garlic (laughs) really you're not going to be getting your five um or anywhere near your five veggies a day if that's what your dinner looks like so just you know i guess ways that you could add more vegetables to that meal would either be enjoying it with a side salad or adding some more veggies in like zucchini um what else could we add in there anna yeah zucchini spinach (laughs) is a good one yeah capsicum there's lots of veggies whatever your favorite is and I think it's a really good way to in order to get more veggies in the diet you need to take your favorite meals that you eat regularly and think how can I add more veggies to this so if you're making a mince or you know Mexican and things try to bulk it out with veggies so they're part of the meal it makes it you know one go a lot further but as Alex said you'll be much more likely to hit those five serves a day which is ideally what we're wanting when it comes to veggies yeah and I think just being mindful that I think a lot of us are conscious of including vegetables at dinner, but if you're not including any other vegetables earlier in the day, then it's very unlikely you're going to be meeting your five serves. You're going to have to eat a lot at dinner. So try and get some in at lunch or if you can at snacks, that's the best way. And just one last thing to say about vegetables and weight loss is that if you are looking to go on a weight loss diet and maybe you're slightly cutting back your calories and you do feel hungry, it's veggies that you can eat more of. And, you know, if you kind of, if you're having a healthy dinner, a lot of people might assume that they can go back and have some more salmon uh, or, you know, more brown rice because they're really healthy. And, and, you know, we're not saying you're not allowed it, but those foods, even though they're healthy and they're an essential part of a balanced plate, if you're having double of those, like going back for seconds, the calories will start to add up. So really we always say, if you want seconds, if you're more, if you're still hungry after eating, eat more non-starchy veggies. You can have unlimited amounts. Woo! <laughs> but yeah, that's really sort of the focus. Um, and I guess one way to ensure that you're getting this right balance of macronutrients at your main meals and is to really spend some time planning and prepping. Because the truth is, guys, is that it's really hard to eat healthy continually if you don't do any prepping or planning for the week. And Alex and I both know ourselves when we don't do this, our diets tend to, you know, fall down. Like they're much less healthy and balanced and it feels you feel a bit scattered and all over the place when you haven't thought about your meals. Yeah, and I think planning out your meals and snacks for the week ahead can be a very useful tool for everyone, but especially for people that are embarking on a weight loss journey, it's a really good way to help you keep on track and to kind of know what's ahead for the week. Um, it's really, really helpful. And people always respond to meal prep by saying, oh, but I don't have time. And and we get it. We're really busy and we know that it can seem like this huge mountain that, you know, there's no one can be bothered or have time for. 
But the key thing to know when it comes to meal preparation or meal planning is that there are so many ways to do it. And this is what we'll do with our clients. We'll sit down with them, look at their schedule, look at how much, you know, they how if they like spending time in the kitchen and work out something that's going to fit within their lifestyle. So again, it's all very much individualized. But I guess two ways that you can look to do some meal prepping or meal planning and, and to make it sure it fits within your lifestyle is to have a look at these following two ways. So one, and this is one that I personally do every week whenever I can, is to write down what you plan to eat for the week. Now, you could write breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, or you could just write dinner. And for me personally, I usually just write dinner because I usually know what I'm going to have for breakfast and lunch. But dinner is a real problem one. So what I'll do is on a Sunday evening, I will spend five minutes or less just thinking, okay, what am I going to have for each night? What am I going to have for dinner each night? And then I guess that's also good because, you know, like if you're out or if you've got hockey, then you kind of factor in and it's really good to just think about it. Exactly. And it ensures that you get variety throughout the week because what I'll do when I'm trying to plan it is I'll say, okay, so Monday I might have a vegetarian meal, Tuesday I want salmon, Wednesday maybe I want some chicken, Thursday red meat. You get what I'm saying? Like I try to ensure I've got a nice variety of proteins throughout the week. If you don't do any planning, what can happen is that you end up having something like salmon four times a week or chicken, like those usual easy go-tos. And because we all have terrible recall, it's really hard to remember what you ate for dinner two or three nights ago, you end up eating the same thing. So whereas if you plan it once, you can ensure you've got variety and you can also then hop off to the supermarket, buy all your ingredients and all of that stress is then taken out of the week. Um, And I guess the other option for meal planning that you could consider is actually, and this is, I guess, if you want to take it one step further, is to actually hop in the kitchen and start doing some preparation, whether you're just preparing ingredients, maybe cooking up some brown rice or roast veggies or boiling some eggs, or you might want to make an entire meal. Maybe you want to make a big pasta or, or casserole or I don't know, you know, a big soup, whatever it is that you like, you might want to plan the whole thing so you can just get home from work and eat that whole meal. And there's no right or wrong way to do this meal prep. Anything you do is going to be better than nothing. And I think at the very least, please plan your meals. <laughs> yeah. I think that the ultimate aim here is that we want to avoid having that conversation with ourselves at 5 p.m., each day about what are we going to have for dinner because, you know, that's tiring, it's stressful and it usually leads to us eating something convenient and that's not so balanced. I think it usually leads to like a cheese board (laughs) (laughs) when you're not bothered to eat dinner and you end up just snacking on whatever you can find, crackers and a little bit of this and that. So we want to avoid that and have proper balanced meals if we can. Okay, so we're just going to take a quick break to mention our podcast sponsors. IGA know the importance of local better than anyone because if fresh is what you're looking for, it has to be local. It's why they source delicious, fresh produce from local suppliers wherever they can and why every supermarket is independently owned by local families. You'll find that the shelves are stacked with everything a local community needs and that each store is unique and tailored to their local community's tastes. So if you're looking for a supermarket where locals matter, Hop into your local IGA today. Something we commonly see when people are trying to lose weight is they go way too far and they restrict themselves too much. Over-restriction or under-eating is not a good thing. 
You need to ensure your body is getting all of the energy and nutrients it needs to function properly. Otherwise, it will negatively impact your health and it also can impact your weight loss goals. Restricting or banning foods also, in most circumstances, leads to overeating sooner or later. Your willpower to avoid all the cookies and cakes and chips and ice cream on your diet plan, it just won't win out in the long term. Yeah, and I know personally, if I tell myself I can't have chocolate or I try and cut back on chocolate, it always backfires and I end up wanting more than if I just allowed myself to enjoy small amounts of chocolate in moderation. So it sort of becomes like the forbidden fruit. So we really want to be mindful of that. Exactly. And we never tell our clients to cut out all of their favorite fruit foods for in, in long term. So, you know, we're ever making meal plans or diet plans for our clients, they will always involve small portions of their favorite foods because restricting and banning foods just doesn't work. It's not healthy. Yeah. And I think if you can't see yourself eliminating specific foods or an entire food group for the rest of your life, then we really don't suggest that you do it even just for 30 days because it's not worth it. Yeah. And this, I guess, leads us nicely to talk about sort of this all or nothing approach we see so often. So I guess, you know, yes, you might have weeks where you feel on fire. You're following a healthy diet, you're exercising, you're feeling great. And then you go out for a friend's birthday one weekend and it's a blowout. And then you wake up feeling stressed and you feel like everything is ruined. All your hard work for the months prior have gone. You want to throw in the towel to this whole eating healthy business. In these situations, it's so important to remember not to beat yourself up. If you have a blowout weekend, that is okay. Just resume healthy eating and exercise as soon as you can. And you don't need to wait to Monday or Tuesday or the following month or the you know the next even date or whatever it is. You can ditch the guilt and do it as soon as you can. Blowout weekends is part of life. It's enjoying yourself and it's going to happen. And we need to set that sort of realistic expectation up. Yeah, and I think we just really need to ditch that all or nothing mentality. It's not you're not either on a diet or you're not, you want to be following a lifestyle approach and it's not always going to be perfect. Yeah. And I think another important component to anyone's weight loss journey is focusing on the whole mindful eating concept as eating mindfully can truly assist with healthy weight loss. So mindful eating, it's a concept you guys may have heard us sort of mention in previous episodes, and we will continue to talk about it. It's relatively new from a science point of view, but it's so important. And it's all about focusing on how you are eating instead of what. So obviously, we're going to talk a lot. We always talk about what you should eat, but how you eat is equally important. So I guess there's a few things to keep in mind when it comes to mindful eating. Eating slowly is a huge part of it. The research suggests it takes around 15 to 20 minutes for your brain to receive those signals from your stomach to let you know you're full. So when it comes to weight loss, eating slowly can help ensure that you don't overeat. Chewing properly is another really important factor. In fact, the average amount of times that we should chew each mouthful, and this is probably going to blow some of your minds, is 32 times. 
And I can tell you, most of us do not do that. And you, and next time you have a mouthful, next time you're eating a meal, try to sit there and chew it 32 times and it will feel very repetitive. And obviously that's just an average and how much you chew a lettuce leaf and how much you chew a piece of steak is going to differ. But on average, the research says we want, we need to chew more. Chewing is the first stage of digestion. And if you chew properly, that helps you to eat slowly, which will lead you to feeling more satisfied. And it can also help improve digestion. And we want to be eating from a table. This is something that also is really important when it comes to mindful eating. Ideally, sitting down, focusing on that act of eating. We don't want to be distracted by the TV or the computer. Or the iPhone, (laughs) another big corporate these days. And and we will always tell our clients, even if you just want to have a little snack or a little, you know, munch on something, put it on a plate and sit down at the table and eat it. It really can help you prevent you from going back for seconds or thirds because you've been distracted and you have your body hasn't registered that you've actually eaten something. So I think that's really important to keep in mind. Yeah, so eat slowly, chew thoroughly, don't be distracted and try to eat at the table to avoid, I guess, being distracted. They are some tips for mindful eating. Okay, so that sort of brings us to the end. And I guess one of the main, I guess the main takeaways we really want you to to have from this episode is that slow and steady really does win the weight loss race. Calorie tracking certainly isn't essential for everyone, although some people might find it useful. But what we'd really recommend is putting the focus on getting the right balance of macronutrients at your main meals. This is what is going to make the biggest difference. You might find incorporating some meal planning or prepping can be really helpful on your journey. Try not to over-restrict yourself. Don't take things too far. It's not necessary. It's not fun and it really can backfire. And we need to ditch this all or nothing approach to weight loss and we need to try to eat a little bit more mindfully where we can. So that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Biting Truth podcast by host Anna and myself, Alex. If you like this episode, please support us by following our podcast and leave us a rating and review. We would really, really appreciate it. That's all for today. We will be back next week. Bye. Bye.